live from the summit in Phoenix, Arizona, the Gore presents Sales Training Bootcamp with Ben Wilson and JJ Mazzo. Today's topic, time management, getting it all done. So one of the things that we want to accomplish before you all walk out of here today is that you all walk away with one beautiful nugget. I had a guy put it to me like this one day. He says, Ben, do you want to have a pocket full of pennies or just four quarters? Right? And I like to walk away with less but more powerful things to take back to my business rather than a whole bunch of little things that I may or may not do because it's just too much to tack on. We're talking about time management today, right? And how many of you all in the room, I just want to get a pulse of the room, how many of you all really feel like you have time management dialed in? Cool. <laughs> We're in the right room. Yeah. We're in the right room. No one was late. That's always a tall tale sign, too. That was That's good. A, always a great sign. Except and Hunter was a little bit. So for us, as we move forward, right, there's a couple of things JJ and I are going to want to be able to give to you all. And one is just simply a structure. But even besides the structure of time management, we also want to give you the psychology behind time management. And I know Rick would hate to hear this, but the truth of the matter is, is that we got to get it right up here before the application will flow out to everything that we've got to accomplish in the day. So let's go ahead and just dive in. I want to introduce JJ. Um, most of you on the room, if not all of you on the room know JJ. He's been around forever. He's a senior coach. He is one of the most amazing individuals, not because of the production that he does, but what he's overcome in his life to be in this room right now, to be on stage, to be able to talk. One of the things that I love about just life in general is truth. Had somebody put it to me this way. They said, truth is an aphrodisiac. And I was like, what does that mean? People want truth. Why is reality shows so popular, right? Because people are crazy. And people that are willing to share their baggage and their struggles and their pain from their past, it draws you in. We need the truth. And this world needs more of the truth, right? Rick gives us the truth. That's what draws us in. In my life, in my time here over the last 15 years, JJ has been in rooms both where it's just been him and I, and then rooms where it's been packed out. And the one thing you're always going to get from JJ is the truth. You're going to get the truth about whatever it is that's going on in his life, whether it's his background and his baggage that he's chosen to own in his life, whether it's his children, whether it's his spouse, whether it's his business, you're going to get the truth. So today, J.J. is going to give you the truth. J.J. has two daughters. One's 14, one's 17. He has a wife that he's been married to for 17 years, right? And along the way, part of his truth is a lot of struggle. Is that fair to say? Fair. A lot of struggle. A lot of my truth is a lot of struggle to get to the point that we're at. And so when he's talking today, when he's sharing things about time management, you all have heard this stuff a thousand times, but I want you to really take to heart why and the purpose behind what JJ is going to do. I love spending time with him. I don't get to spend enough time with him, but we generally have some time to drink a little good wine yep. along the way. And I always find out a little bit more. And every time I get to spend more time with him, like you all are doing today, I become more drawn to him, and it's because of the truth. And today, we want you to walk away with the truth 
about time management. But deeper than that, we want you to walk away knowing this guy lives and breathes these circumstances. And I'm so thankful to be on the stage with you. I'm so thankful. This is the first time you and I have ever taught together. I'm so thankful just to be able to enjoy a conversation. Because what I know is that I'm going to be over here writing more notes down on the notes that I have already prepared for this because of things that you will share. Dude, so I thank could, you. Uh, thank you, buddy. First off, one of the best orators that I've ever seen or worked with, they're like, you're teaching with Ben Wilson. I was like, if he just start, like says the alphabet on stage, I'll be good the whole time. He's like, what do you mean? I said, dude, it's like, you're like that accent. You're very soothing in what he does. And thank you. The compliments are unbelievable. It's more compliments that I've gotten from my wife in 18 years from you <laughs> in the first 30 seconds. Um, but struggles fair for sure. And... Um, I'm really blessed because it's not, he's not only one of the top realtors in the nation for me and my market, he doubles the units from the top realtors in my county, doubles, and works a 40-hour work week and a really balanced life. And he's a little bit further ahead of me in marriage and kids, so it's awesome when I get the chance to sit and talk to him. It's like I get a little peek in the future of what it's like, and we've shared struggles with our kids and, and just... When it all comes down and boils down to is time management, our businesses, our life. And so I'm going to, I think the biggest, we want to talk about like a little bit of pain. How many of you guys have children? Raise your hands. All right. So someone put it to me this way. I think it was Josh, but it, it could have been Todd or somebody else, but whatever. It, I count the summers I have left with my kids. So now I have my oldest daughter. She's going to college next year. I have zero summers left with her. She's turning 18. We all know at 18, you're not spending summer with mom and dad. Then I've got my other daughter. I've got four summers left with her, and that's it. And there were so many summers that I had where I was so caught up in working 80 hours with not doing any more production that I can't get those, those, those summers back. So now I'm like, dude, I've got to make sure, and whether it's a good market and like you're trying to just fulfill as many orders as possible or, or, or a different market like we're in today where you're out prospecting, trying to get as many orders as you possibly can, the reality is as far as the purpose and a lot of the psychology that, that Ben's going to start talking about goes to the purpose. My purpose is the summers and the time with my girls because once she goes to college, I hear that that's that. And I think I lost her like three years ago, by the way she talks to me like an alien. So I want you guys to think about that. When you're writing down with your kids, count how many summers you have left. And summers are the best time. It's where you get most of them. It's where you have the most fun. It's where they're in the best moods. I mean, there's just the summers are the best. But there aren't as many left. And that's why this is so important. It's getting as much done as you possibly can so that ultimately we can spend those summers. We value a lot of things in our life, like we value our houses, right? We value our bank accounts. We value the success in our businesses. We value our families, right? We value so many things in our life, and the majority of the things that we value are things that we can duplicate, right? Suits, right? Nice suits, nice shoes, purses, right? Cars. All that stuff is replaceable. And the one thing that we tend to devalue the most at least from what I've seen in life, is time. I see people literally waste time all the time. I walk in and about once a month, I will sit down with my team and I will start the conversation off with my team and here's how it will go. All right, so I'm a little frustrated today. I'm sick and tired, Eric. You've been stealing from me. You've literally been stealing from me. 
Now, that doesn't make you feel very good, does it? But it's the truth. Well, how do our teams steal from us, right? Time. Calling personal calls while they're working for me, right? Jumping on Facebook and social media going, ooh, I'm marketing, right? That's stealing, right? Going off and taking 25 pee breaks, right? It's amazing how much time is wasted. And for us, we have to realize even deeper than that, we steal from ourselves. And we don't even steal from ourselves, we steal from the things that actually matter. So a couple of things that we're going to talk about today, right, is what do we prioritize in order to create buy-in and discipline around our time? We're going to talk about that today. Because the thing about it is all of us want to feel energy, right? Everybody wants energy. Is that fair to say? You know what one of the things that most people believe that they get extreme energy from is success. They believe that when I win the race, I get extreme energy. When I win a national championship, I get extreme energy, right? When I accomplish big things, I get extreme energy. I can tell you in my life, most of the time that I've had big wins, immediately after having that extreme high, what do I have? An extreme low, right? But when I'm doing things consistently that are driving towards a big high, the dopamine is on full throttle. It's literally just pouring out. And all of a sudden, I'm working every day, and I get to the end of the day, and I don't come home exhausted. I come home full of energy. And what do I come home full of energy with? Full of energy with my family. (laughs) And most of us would agree that the start of our day and the end of our day should be with the things that we prioritize most. Generally ourselves and ending with our family, whether it's your spouse or your children or whatnot. And you talk about summers. I just had my last summer with my daughter. And whenever we had our last summer, man, I was doing everything to spend time with her, right? Because time mattered. And then she went off to school. And for the 30 days after that, me and my wife had the most miserable 30 days of our entire marriage. 23 years. And for 30 days, it was miserable. We didn't know what to prioritize anymore. We didn't have a clear plan. And we just didn't talk to each other. And it was miserable. And finally we sat down and we go, hey, we got to create a new plan around things that we prioritize. So one of the things I want you all to realize is that we are going to drive and we're going to talk about how to create energy with our day. Right? The people who figure this out, the athletes who figure this out, the entertainers that figure this out, The ones that figure out how to draw and pull full energy from the journey, not the destination of what you accomplish each day, those are the people that can sustain for a long time, right? How many of y'all have been in business, in real estate, or as a lender for more than 20 years? That's a lot of this room. That's about half of this room, maybe a little bit over half of this room. That is so rare, to stay in any industry at a high level for a long period of time. The only way that that's going to exist is managing your time better. So we're going to talk about three different specific ways that we can improve our time management and get it all done. Yeah, and I want you guys to kind of pick up what he said to think of it differently, which is, you know, when you hit the goal, it's kind of fleeting. You hit the goal and then what happens? You set another goal. That's, that's what we do. You hit the goal and you set another goal. What we think is that it's hitting the goal, 
that is the prize and the win, but really it's everything in between. It's all the fun getting to that, but we don't recognize it as fun. So when we're thinking of it daily, and this is, this is a fact, it, the dopamine and the rush that you get from doing that, if you could do that every single day and look at every single day like the goal is doing that so that at the end of the day you get that dopamine rush by completing everything and hitting all, checking all the boxes, that's where we're going with this. We have a unique opportunity, bless you, in this market where you guys get to rebuild and retool your entire businesses, correct? But you get to do it with way more experience, way more coaching than you've had in the past. And right now you have a little bit more time in your hands, true? And you can fill that time with whatever you want. So if you wanted more prospecting time, if you wanted time to get the perfect week, now is the time to do it because you have more time to do it. Agreed. Agreed. So there's three things that we're going to talk about today. One, your discipline around your time and your schedule. Two, how well you completed, getting it completed, right? Rick says on stage, he says, we're going to get it done now. Because if we talk about doing it tomorrow, if we say, I'm just going to do 50% of it today, the likelihood of you actually completing something is going to be minimized. And then the third thing is what we tolerate, right? We're going to walk through some of those things. In here it says that one of the top six skills that every person needs to master in order to be successful in their career is time management. I would say it's one of the top two. Because if you choose to manage your time at the highest level, my company, my salespeople, we focus on two forms, two core forms, the perfect work week and the greatness tracker. And the perfect work week is designed around everything that matters on that greatness tracker, right? But we have to be disciplined, right? We have to make sure we complete all those things and we have to make sure that our tolerance for what we're going to accept is heightened, right? We have to have higher expectations all the way across. So when you talk about and when you think about discipline around time management, what's, what's one of your first thoughts around that? I, I think to me discipline is a commitment to doing what you said you were going to do, correct? Yeah like it working out or whatever else. So I know what it looks like and I know what it doesn't look like. So when we have a commitment then, and we get to, we get to choose what that commitment looks like, it seems kind of silly that we leave it up to everybody else, which is what happens when you don't put the structure and the guardrails in. Yeah. That means your team is in charge of your time. Your clients are in charge of your time. Your family is in charge of the time where you should be in charge of your time. And you, you've got to really, the discipline is making a commitment to that and the, 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 one of the things that, I, that I've done that makes it a little bit better is I don't have any time to do anything else. Mm. So if I have you waiting in an appointment, and I know once our appointment's done, there's Rick's waiting in an appointment, and then after it's done, I got Hunter waiting in an appointment. I don't really have any time except to go to your appointment, Rick's appointment, and Hunter's appointment. I think people leave too much in between to kind of get off track. So there's not enough discipline, so they don't complete mm -hmm. anything, and it's because they're tolerating too much. That's why the discipline, completion, and toleration, when we go through these, it's going to be a lot of ahas. It, it was so funny because we were talking, and as we were preparing for this class, you know, JJ, he said, so how many times have you taught a class on time management? And I was like, I literally teach time management in a lot of different forms every week, right? But the truth is, is this is something that we should be talking about on a daily basis because this is, at the end of the day, what's going to drive you to being one thing, one thing only that all of you all want to be, and that's productive. Every one of you all want to be productive, but it's hard to be productive when you're not driven towards the right purpose, right? 
When you're going, oh my gosh, I got a power hour and I got to make all of my database calls, right? And you're just worn out and you're exhausted. It's hard to get hyped up about, man. It's hard to get hyped up about those type of things. Would you agree? 100%. But if I have my purpose being that I am going to get these calls knocked out, why? So my team can continue to have jobs. All of a sudden, that changes the dynamic of each one of those conversations. So I don't have to lay someone off, right? Because times draw back a little bit. Because I personally want my daughter, right, when she goes off to college, to not worry about how much a college cost, but rather where she's going to be able to get the greatest experience in life. That's a part of the purpose. So as we drive to this, I want to go around the room. Do we have a mic available? I want to go around the room, and I want to have you all share with us some of the biggest struggles you have specifically around discipline to your time. Some of the biggest struggles. Just simply raise your hand, and they're going to come grab. Hannah, right up front here. Thank you. Uh, I would say distractions. So calls specifically. Go into the database to make calls, and then it's like, ooh. This needs to be taken care of. Or after the call, I need to do these three follow-ups. Yes. And so it's like, I have enough time to make the calls, but then at the end of the power hour, I talked to six people. Yeah. What the heck? But I did other things during that time. I wasn't just twiddling my fingers. So I think it's like personal distractions. Personal distractions. That are productive. Yeah. So yeah. when you think about personal distractions, because this probably applies to a lot of people in the room, what are some of your personal distractions that hit you the hardest? Okay, well, I was talking about this with Sasha. So I'm in the CRM. I make my status call. I see a text message that was sent, and I was like, ooh, that was a bad text message from the team. I need to give them coaching on that. Yeah. And if I don't do it right now, or I don't make the to-do, and then I'm setting myself the to-do to call the client back, or they tell me something, and I want to get them a good gift, so I make that, you know, like, those would be some of the things that, like, and when I'm in a power hour, it's hard to, like, make the calls. Yeah, absolutely. Or, so, yeah, so I think that some of those things definitely are, like, distractions from... I love it. How many of y'all deal with distractions? I know I do. It's very hard, specifically when you have one of these smartphones and you have all the notifications popping up, right? Uh, Stop. How many of you guys have notifications pop up on your cell phones? Why? Are you afraid you're going to miss something? So what are you afraid you're going to miss, Alfonso? You're just an idiot? That doesn't work. Help me out here. I mean, I guess the... Like right now, I'm missing a deal. Like not getting back to lead fast enough. Not getting back to a lead yeah. fast enough. Yeah. But if you had time blocked to get back to the leads fast enough in a process or a team, then that removes that fear. And you have that, right? I have that. That's so why, so why do you have the notification? Okay. Any, what, why else do we have notifications? FOMO, the fear of missing out. Mm. Maybe the realtor. You know what's funny is we spend so much time... Like, and I see this as you do less production, you spend a bunch of time in your files in the weeds because you're afraid you're going to lose a deal, but really you should be more afraid that you didn't get more deals because that deal could fall out just anyways because mm-hmm. stuff happens. One of the best things I did was removing the notifications from my phone. It pisses my wife off, but lots of things I do do. But I, but I have a time block to check my text, to check my emails, to check my voice messages and return all those. So why do I need a notification to tell me that? If it's an emergency, my wife knows, call my assistant, tell them it's an emergency, or call me two times minimum, and I'm going to know that something's up, and then send me in its emergency text or something, right? So, so we have that code. Outside that, if it's my boss, my CEO, Rick, it goes to voicemail if I'm doing something else. 
So it's like social media. I don't have any social media on my phones because I just it's, it just doesn't provide any intrinsic value to what it is that I want to do. So I have to go to extreme disciplines because I have the least amount of discipline. Does that make sense? That's why like Rick rides me the most because I need to be ridden the most. So if you have these little things, just take the notifications off your phone and then you put time to check the notifications or time to check the mails, emails and text messages and stuff. And that alone, once it stops happening, you will stop checking except for that time. And you have to understand every time it goes ding, it literally emulates the same as an anxiety attack until you check it and get the dopamine. Did you guys know that? Scientific fact, it goes ding, you have an anxiety attack until you do that. From someone who has dealt with anxiety and, <laughs> and all of this stuff, it is horrific. Why anyone would want that feeling over and over again throughout the day is crazy to me. I'll tell you this, you hit something super hard and I'm glad that you did it. Taking the notifications off, right? But sometimes we need to know why we need to take the notifications off, right? If you choose to be distracted, which is, means you're less productive, which means you're less profitable, which means you're going to minimize your time or end up having an overload, right, or an overflow of time that takes away from your purpose and your why in life, which is generally not what you're doing all day, every day, throughout the day, right? It's what you get at home and you come home to every night. And if you have to come home every night just because you want a couple extra notifications, from Amazon or whatever the social media app is. Like, I don't know how my wife functions. She has notifications. I'll look at her phone on accident and it literally gives me anxiety. I can't have that on there. So just simply the one act of taking the discipline of taking your notifications off, right? What's the fear around that? Let's, I want to hit on that. What's your fear of taking notifications off? Is there a fear around that, right? Other than FOMO, right? Notifi my phone notifi rings. Like, if it's important, you're going to call me, so my phone rings. Yeah, not as much lately. Rick calls me three times a day and my boss. That's, I wonder why. But literally, I get my phone rings. And I can go on there and, like, intentionally look in my texts, and then I go through and answer them all. But I don't need to be distracted. I already know that. I'm easily distracted without the forced distractions. So as soon as I moved those, it was a huge game changer for me. And like I said, my wife off. She's like, you didn't see my text messages? I know, honey, you know this. I don't get those. I hate that. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. You know, we have Dan who's gotten all this notoriety, but the thing that we don't talk enough about, about what he's exposed to this world through the young man that he took through the Iron Man is just getting 1% better every day. If you just took 50% of your notifications off, right. you've taken yourself to another level, right? But the distractions of life are the things that will take you away of why you live life, right? And for us, the formula is very simple. We want to be productive, and then we start with the end in mind, and I want to have purpose, right? So what do I do? I go and I start with what I prioritize and who I prioritize, the plan, which is your daily calendar, your perfect work week, that's the plan. And then you find ways to better protect yourself from who? Yourself. Yourself. You cause most of the distraction. You cause most of the problem because of the choices that you make, right? 
So for us in this class today, because Jay did such a great job sharing very tactically some things that you need to do to get it all done in a day, I want to talk about the why a little bit more while we're talking about discipline, while we're talking about those other two topics. But as we dive into discipline, you head on here, because this is actually a PowerPoint that you've spoken about many a times. And I loved going through this. I loved dialing in because I'm learning a new skill. I'm reinventing myself. And all of you all should be in a frame of mind of reinventing yourself. Yeah. We had a great harvest run, right? Now we're back to sowing again. In the harvest run, what did we talk about? How can I create value? How do I find a need and fill it for you, right? How can I help you? We're in sowing period now. Now we got to reinvent ourselves and go, hey, I need your help. I need to be better. What can I change to evolve to go to the next level? You all are here for two straight days to walk out of here going, I am going to be better when I leave out of here. I'm going to finish off this year stronger. I'm going to go into 2023 with a different plan than what got me to this point, right? So part of that discipline is starting off simply with having a start time, right? How important is your start time to you every day? Dude, everything. Start time's everything and end time is everything. Because for us, we want to go through a couple of disciplines for each of you all to really take back to yourself, to your team, and to your families. Because at the end of the day, that's why we're doing all this, right? That's why we're showing up to work. None of us are doing it to walk away. I'm going to tell you, when you get to the point, whatever your number is, and this is just kind of a sidebar, but when you get to whatever your number is that's enough, you realize at that point money really isn't that magical. <laughs> when you get to the point that it's enough. Now, some of you all in this room have enough. Now, you're driven on other things. Some of you all might be fighting to get enough, and that's your purpose, right? But the disciplines are going to help you get to that point that you spend the lion's share of your day with those dopamine hits. I want to feel fantastic. I want to have energy. I don't want to be exhausted. And I know if I'm doing the right things in these little 30-minute blocks. I was telling JJ earlier, when I played ball, when I played basketball, not baseball, but when I was playing basketball, my coach, we'd walk into practice, and he had seven minutes on the scoreboard. And he broke our practice down into seven-minute segments. And we were good. We were really good, right? And then I went and I started playing for like a travel team. Back when I was growing up, they didn't have AAU and all that stuff, right? But I went to play for a travel team and we'd show up to a practice and guess what the coach did? Hey, we're going to run and we're going to stretch and we're going to do a little bit of warm-ups and some layup drills and 11-man drills. And man, when I feel like it, we'll change. He had no structure around it. Guess how much we won? Very little. Guess which one had the more talented team? 100% our travel team. Because that wasn't just the high school. That was the best from each one of the high schools. What's the difference? Discipline. Discipline. Structure. Right? Having a set time to start every day. You talk specifically, us realtors, we don't get five-day weeks. Right? Right. As much as we would love it, we don't really get five-day weeks. So walk, walk us through the discipline around having a five-day time schedule. So I think, and this has changed a bit now, I would say it's five and a half, six days for us right now especially. I want you guys to write this down. To have discipline, you need to have, uh, you need to have infrastructure for trust. 
Mm. And I'll explain what infrastructure for trust. So while she was looking at me crazy for turning off my notifications, I have an infrastructure to trust. My infrastructure for trust is I have a toll-free number that people call for applications. I have an email that goes to applications. I have a text uh, where they can text that goes to applications. And I have people sitting there waiting seven days a week from seven to seven to be able to take the application, book the appointment, and get things started. And I know they do a good job in what they're saying. So my infrastructure for trust is there. I know how the leads are coming in, I know how the leads are gonna get handled, and I know when it is that I'm gonna talk to those clients. So if you don't have an infrastructure, then you're not gonna trust that those things are happening. But if you have an infrastructure for trust, and it doesn't matter if you've got five team members, three team members, two team members, whatever, and then it's also setting up the proper expectations. You know, when you tell your clients, this is when you expect me to return your calls, they will wait for you to return their calls. When you leave it open-ended, then they get frustrated, which is the same thing for us. If it's open-ended, it frustrates us in, in other industries. When you have the, the infrastructure for trust, then you can have the discipline every single day to run with things. So huge. So I would say number one is showing up to the work on the same time every day. I do everything. So by the time I wake up, when it is I work out, when it is that I'm meditating, when it is that I'm shower, the whole first part of my day, which is really helpful for my mental state before I start my day is all in there because I know it needs to get done. How long I'm going to read my book for when I'm watching the market open. Um, Work on a five-day theme schedule, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. How many of you don't have, right now, a five-day time block? Okay. Okay. Right. So not a ton of you. So let's start there. First off, take each day, and you're going to have, a, you're going to just, if it were the best day ever, like woke up with your spouse, got intimate, got in the shower, whatever that looks like for you, got to go to work, made 100 calls, closed 100 deals, but literally structuring, because you've got to do it one day at a time. Before you can do a perfect week or a perfect year, you've got to start with a perfect day. Yes. And each day is going to be different, and it takes time. So you've got to start with the five day. The, the other is theme days. And, we, and, and Jay did a great job talking about non-negotiables. Is in here, is there anyone, what's a non-negotiable for you? What's that? Top 40 day? I mean a real non-negotiable. Is, all right, we all, we're, all, we're all adults. Is, is wiping in the restroom a negotiable for you guys? <laughs> Nobody. So that's a hard no non-negotiable. So do you think of the areas in your business, your theme days, every theme day like that, and I say that because I use really weird analogies so that you'll always remember it and then you'll repeat it over and over again, think how stupid it is. But every time you go to the bathroom, you'll be thinking about discipline and minimizing distractions, which we talked a little bit about. Yeah, Alfonso. Having dinner four nights a week with my family. Not Having dinner four nights a week with your family. Yeah. So putting that on a calendar. Now, can, what I find the hardest is getting my family's buy-in for that. Understand that. Like As we get better with time management, guess who doesn't? Other people not working on time management. My wife doesn't work on time management as much. She's, she's better. My kids, not really. So like, and your team, not as much. So how many of you are doing time blocks for each individual team member as well? Game changer. But that's more advanced. Once you can get yours dialed, then you can get your team member. So I know that this one's calling old leads while this one's taking applications. And I know later this one's taking, taking applications while this one's calling old leads. Unless you've dialed in their time block for them, then you're going to have chaos. 
And uh, as we're talking through the five-day schedule, you talked about having your team have the schedule, having everybody have a perfect work. And, and I shared with you understanding priorities, having the plan, right, having the schedule each day. But the big factor that you all have to figure out how to come up with is how are you going to protect yourself from yourself, right? And one of the greatest protectors, although my assistant is amazing at protecting my time, when I went and I shared my perfect work week, what I want my schedule to look like with my team, guess who all of a sudden became a protector, right? I had a situation where my dad calls me up and my team, because I'm so dialed in because I do not want to work more than 40 hours a week, right? And I'm so regimented like that. My team really, they, they, they struggled with a situation that just happened to me the other day. And on Mondays, I always meet with my team at 8.15. It's automatic. I get their week started off right. It's locked in. It's a non-negotiable, right? And I make sure that they have a theme for the entire week that overlays each theme day, right? And I'm never late to the meeting, right? I just don't miss. Sarah Beth's there hawking over me. For whatever reason, Sarah Beth, and they were all up front waiting for me in the conference room. And about five minutes before the meeting, my dad calls me. Great call. Super weird that he calls me on Monday because guess what? My dad knows my schedule and he knows I'm getting ready to walk into a meeting. He tells me he has melanoma, right? So I'm talking to him, I'm talking to him, talk to him. I walked into my meeting one minute late. Now, my team didn't handle it correctly because you need to seek to understand first. But what do you think my team did to me when I walked in a minute late to the meeting, Jay? They lit my butt up. Oh, Ben, you're always on us all the time about making sure that we are not late to anything, that we show up big, that we're prepared and everything. Right? And are they right? Absolutely. They're my protector, right? Why? Because if I stay disciplined with that and then I pass that discipline on to the rest of my team, which is a gift, right? Then I have to allow them to protect me sometimes from me, right? Because even though my dad had that call and that was an important call because he's someone super important to me, the truth of the matter is, is on my schedule from 8 to 8.15 is preparation time. I should have never answered the call. You know, uh, Rick did that to us once in the morning meeting, and literally we thought he was dead. That's how disciplined he is. I remember And he that. never yeah. does that. Like, we were generally worried, and it was only like, what, 10 minutes late? Yeah. But no one knew where he was at, like, but he was, he was just, his alarm didn't go off, and he's that disciplined. Think about that. Like, and that was us trained by him with the discipline, which is what he's doing. So you see where, where Ben's going with this? It's not just, you have to get your own discipline first. Then you can give them the gift of discipline. We, what, what do we do? We don't give them the gift of discipline. We just expect the discipline from them. And yet sometimes we don't lead by example. I'm super curious, not to pick on you. Eric, you're probably the most disciplined person that I know. One of my most disciplined friends, professional sports athlete. Up early, like point system for your students. But yet you're here in the first row. When we talk about discipline, mm. would you agree? Where do you struggle in discipline with time management? Um, I'm actually getting my schedule dialed into the minute right now in the morning, just based on what you were saying. Just because there's a few things I have that I, my non-negotiables to myself, as you mentioned before, like to me, self goes first because if I'm not doing that, you know, I'm I'm not good for anybody. So the times where I don't wake up on time or go to the gym or I'm a little bit outside of my routine by even a few minutes 
it really messes me up. So um, where I do really well is, I, I don't know if you get, Ed Milet wrote a book like The Power of One More. Oh yeah, great read book. That. So I, I got a big aha moment from that where he broke it into his, uh, he, he basically says, I get three days done for every one day that you get. And the reality is, you know, we tend to have a, sometimes a good plan and then it doesn't go that way and at the end of the day we're like, what happened? Well, I've started to break it up. My, my first day is 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. And that's where I'm doing my workouts, my journaling, my planning, my, you know, all the stuff that's about me. And then at 10 a.m., that's when that 10 to 4 is my day too. And that's the, that's the go time. That's the, that's the green time. That's when I'm setting appointments, things like that. I tend to get a little less structured during that time because I don't have any of the distractions between four and I can be really methodical about my time. So being in here, it's helped me to try to basically put some of those tactics that I did in the front end into my day to plan around it. Because like you said, I'm already taking notifications off. I'm like, why do I even have all these notifications? You know, I don't, my kid doesn't even run track and I'm getting notifications for a track meeting. You know? Like, <laughs> well, I think about like, on. and you set it down to the minute, right? You're like, yeah. I want to get it down to the minute. You really have to get it down to the minute. And imagine the discipline, like, you know, discipline being in the gym and being an athlete, you know what the, you already know what that looks like. To, to rise to Hall of Fame or pro athlete and to be ripped is all of that discipline. So imagine what your business would look like or our business would look like if we took that same discipline. You just don't always see it right away. And I think that's the most important thing right now. The buy-in is we're all doing things right now that aren't providing the instant gratification anymore. This of all the things that I tell you, people ask like, what are some of the things that helped with, you know, being successful in the core, the discipline, learning discipline from Rick and surrendering to an authority, make your calendar an authority and surrender to the calendar. The difference is, is I get to put whatever I want in the calendar. I can't put whatever I want to come out of Rick's mouth. I've tried. It doesn't work. So take advantage of that because then, then it's just, it's a game changer. Yeah. Game changer. You talked you, you mentioned Ed Milet, and I love this guy. And he says something, and this was maybe a year or two ago that I heard. He says that the more focused you on the great, the more focused you are on the things that matter and the things that are important in your life, the greater your your results will be from those things. The more diluted you allow your focus to be, the more diluted your results will be. Mm. Right. And that was powerful to me because I was diluting my focus, right? My wife and a couple other key people that are in the business, they would come to me all the time for years and years and years and it would drive me crazy. And they would tell me how they were great multitaskers, right? I'm just going to tell you guys, it doesn't work, right? Being focused on one thing at a time, I have a partner who's super disciplined, like he is the soldier, like he is, he gets one thing on his, when I tell him work on one thing at a time, I look over, we have glass offices, I look over and he literally works on one thing at a time. And he gets more done than anybody, even including myself, for that one simple discipline that he only works on one thing at a time, right? And so for us, we talk about theme days. Walk through a lender's theme days, right? And I'll walk through a realtor's theme days yeah. real quick. So uh, theme days, uh, for me, Mondays. I block up five-hour time, five times on Mondays to call realtors because that's uh, typically when I, I have the best or longer conversations. And I know if I try to do it in one or two hours, it doesn't get done. So I think knowing 
by watching your time when what's too much time, meaning you have too much left over or not enough time. So uh, Mondays and then Tuesdays are Tuesday updates. I call the buy side, the list side, the borrower. Uh, as well as the escrow company, because escrow mm -hmm. companies are great referrals. We're an escrow state in California. Wednesdays are pre-approval days. Thursdays are past clients, and then VIPs on Friday. Same exact theme days as all of you guys. But when it comes to borrowers and realtors, I'm a little different. I want you to think of in these two categories. To generate leads, who do you need to meet with? And to convert leads, who do you need to meet with? Right, so this was like an aha moment. If I need leads, I need to meet with more realtors. If I need to convert better, I need to meet with more borrowers. If everything's working my way, I'm 50-50. So I will typically do, I always do my, my team meeting first. I do my power hours in the morning, and then I meet with realtors. Let's say realtors, two and a half hours. Then I'll go on to my uh, borrower appointments after that. So if it's equal, equal, I'm two and a half hours with realtors, two and a half hours with borrowers. 30 minute with a 15 minute buffer. Now, right now, I'm not converting very well. So I'm going to spend more, and I've been working a lot with realtors. So my leads aren't great, but they're better than, than they could be because I'm spending more time with realtors. Now I need to spend more time with borrowers. So the cool thing is you can adjust that. My time block is back-to-back, -back, realtors and, and borrowers, and I can add or delete from either side depending on what I need to do. But the blocks are in there. And Fridays, I leave at 3 o'clock. My Fridays, I'm done. You should be pretty well done. I think the biggest thing that I, that I really kind of learned from Eric a little bit that's, that we all forget is your will runs out throughout the day. You know you don't have an infinite will. The reason that you wake up like, I am a go time in the morning, but by four o'clock, I'm about as bright as one of the Kardashians, okay? And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't have a whole lot there, except maybe the mom. She's pretty smart. But like, I, my will is gone. Like, if you ask me to complete an algebra problem at four o'clock in the afternoon, no, pro like, not happening. But four o'clock in the morning, so you have to know that you're going to run out of will. Because one of the most disciplined people I know is like super disciplined. But even as the day goes on, it's distractions. Well, why are you having distractions? Because your will for discipline starts running out. So you got to make sure that you don't leave any time for distractions, and that you're putting your most important times where you have the most will. Absolutely. So one thing I want to end off as we kind of go from discipline to the next competence that we really want to work on is what does a true perfect work week look like in a 40 hours? If we want to focus on 40 to 60 hours, right? But 40 hour work week, let's start there and then we expand with what's needed, right? For a realtor, my belief and our belief is that we have 25 hours, especially in the sewing period, especially now, 25 hours prospecting. At this level, in this room, 25 hours prospecting, five hours in administrative work, five hours in vision planning. Now, when I say vision planning, what's vision planning to you? What's uh, that look like? Work at vision planning to me is working on the business. Working not, on the business. And not That's in exactly the business. Right. Yep. Just simply working on the business. And are you working on where the business has been or where the business is going? Where the business is going. 100%. And for us, we have to spend time on where we're going, right? What did Rick say? He said, and, and he says it all the time, and I should have this down pat. He says that yesterday was what? History. Tomorrow is what? A mystery. And today is what? A gift. The mystery is what we have to figure out. And if we don't spend some time working on the mystery, it's going to stay a mystery, right? 
So we have to stay focused on where we're going so that way we can create a plan and reinvent ourselves, especially as we continue to evolve. And everybody's like, well, reinventing yourself, you're really good at what you did. Like, Ben, you were a really good dad, and you were showing up, and you were there for your kiddos, right? Yeah, that's when they lived at home. I have to be a different kind of dad now. I have to reinvent myself, right? It's the same thing in business. When it's harvest period, right, and everything is flowing and going, it's easy to just be engaged and get stuff done. Now, where we're at now in this transition and the shift, right, now we have to reinvent ourselves by becoming more disciplined and focused on the things that matter. In the final five hours, and this is crucial, training and coaching your team. You have to train and coach your team. If you're not spending time with your team and growing your team, and guess who else grows along the way? You do, right? Then you're missing the mark. And wherever your team is struggling in those four areas is where you add the extra time in times like this to get you to 45, 50, 55 hours a week. What would that look like for you on your all's end? Would it be much different on the lending side? No, not at all. I think the one area that, that's, uh, that Jay touched on as well that's super important is uh, problem solving or flex time. So I have an uh, hour and a half each day for problem solving, email, phone call returns. So that's morning, noon, and night. 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the afternoon, 30 minutes at night to wrap it up. And that allows me to solve any of those problems, return any of those phone calls. Is morning, noon, and night enough to be able to take care of people and problems? And if you tell them, like, I solve problems morning, noon, and night, but if it's after this time, it'll be the next morning. People are okay with that expectation. And it goes back to the infrastructure of trust. I trust that that's enough time, and that unless it affects a moving van, which you can interrupt me for a moving van, then I'm just going to wait until problem-solving time. It's just we, we tend to think it's like, oh, my gosh, we need to deal with this now. You don't need, it, oh, it's closing in three weeks, or the contingencies aren't even lifted yet. Well, the realtor's off and the borrower's off. Well, stand in line, of course. Like, that happens. That's part of, the, that's part of life. Someone's probably pissed off, in which case they're going to be pissed off when I call them, but they'll be better after I speak to them. Right? I think it's just knowing what is and, and being a little bit more accepting of it as well. It's hilarious how much time we've spent on discipline because I was like, what's the most important thing? The most important thing is the discipline to it. Yes. And discipline takes time. It's going to be a new habit that's created over time, not over the one time thing. and routine. Yep. Routine. And that's comes to completion, mm -hmm. like ultimately completing things. So I want you guys to do a little table work. So just to touch on this, you either finish it, you delegate it, or you delete it. That's what we do with all those little tasks that you were, uh, I'm sorry, what was your name again? Yeah. Hannah. Thank you. So all of those little tasks, those little distractors, Here's what I'd like you to do. You keep a pad of paper while you're doing your calls and each distraction, you write it down. And when you're all done with your calls, you can look at them and either delegate them, do them, or delete them. Oh, you're like, well, oh, that was oh, stupid. Dude, that is unbelievable. Like, for real, I've never heard it talked about that way. The distractions while you're focused on something, which are going to happen, right? It could happen right outside your office door. Someone could pop in on your office and distract you. It could be on your phone. Just simply go and create a discipline in your life to write down whatever that is yeah. and then get back. No FOMO. Hitting the reset button is crucial. Man, that's a great, that, that's something that I will personally apply. So I want to think right now, I want you guys to discuss around your table, what is something that you are not delegating, not deleting, that you're not completing 
on a constant basis. So this is something that happens on a monthly basis, something that you can, can actually do or something that you can actually delegate. But what happens is it's just not getting done. Does that make sense? So I want you guys to talk, just give you guys a minute or so. And we'll go, I want to go around and share some of that. it back in. We're going to go there around go. the room. Cool. Um, all right. So some of the things that, uh, one of the things that was most profound that was ever told to me was don't put it on your calendar unless you're going to do it every single time, 100% the rest of your life. Mm. Think about that. Say that again. Don't put it on your calendar if you don't plan on doing it for the rest of your life. Now there are things we add to our calendar that were like, we could honestly look at it and be like, man, I ain't going to do this the rest of my life. Do I even really do this? Do you, you guys have fluffy calendars? Raise your hand if you have fluffy calendars. <laughs> okay, so when I came back, I went through my calendar and I defluffed it. And what I mean by defluffing it is I went through each day and I asked myself, is this something I do every single time and it's necessary to do the most important thing, which is prospecting for me to earn money? And I went through and I started, I just deleted time blocks. And then I had things that were an hour. Does this truly take me this long to do this or can I do it in less time? And then I started shrinking. So when I defluffed my calendar, how many hours do you think I found? And I'm pretty disciplined with my calendar. Eight. A lot. It was like 16 hours of fluff. Wow. What was, what, a lot, you, what was a lot of your fluff? Meetings that were too long. No one likes a long meeting. So all my meetings are 30 minutes. I don't have a meeting longer than 30 minutes. I got that from Rick when I went to North Carolina. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the other fluff that I had was too much, too much flex time or too much project time. So it's funny. If you give yourself too much time, you find yourself doing it all at the last minute and getting it done in less time, correct? You ever had like, like well, let's just talk about all your homework. I give you a week to do your damn homework, and here it is on the last day, two hours prior to time to turn it in. Now, if you're one of my students, you know the homework goes in the trash if it's a minute late, and I just fine you for every form, so it's nice and easy. But think about that. Why is it that we get it all done and do it at the last minute? Because we're under a time crunch. When I realized that we all react pretty well under time crunch, I just made everything a damn time crunch to ensure that I get it completed. And I think that's one of the things that is important to get it completed. So if you don't plan on doing it forever, you will find so much fluff in there that you will just magically find so many hours worth of work compartmentalizing and then making sure it's getting done. Just to raise a hands quick, you know, before we dive into some of the things that you all talked about at your table, how many of you all have personal assistants or executive assistants? So once again, the lion's share of the room. Are they responsible for your calendar or are you responsible for your calendar? Who? Are they? Are they really? Do they really own it? Right? If you want to protect those time blocks, right? If you want to protect completion, put someone else responsible for controlling that time for you. That was a game changer for me. For years, I did not want to release that control. I didn't want to release the freedom that I so thought that I had. And I released that finally, and I empowered my assistant to do that. And all of a sudden, it was amazing how many things I would complete. She would literally come and take whatever I was working on and go to a completely separate office on the other side of my office and say, you're not coming out until you get this done, and you're not going to go get to prospect. 
and I know how much you love to prospect. Get it done. Yeah, I think that, that's one of the biggest points. I think also giving them permission. Yeah. So my assistant knows she's the only one paid to annoy me. That's it. She's the only one paid to annoy me. And, well, my wife, she gets paid, I guess, to annoy me in another way, shape, or form, but that's different. I'm just kidding. So, uh, seriously, like, because when I gave her that permission, because what happens when we want to do, when we're supposed to do one thing and we want to do another? We get annoyed. We get irritated. Our assistants don't want to annoy and irritate us unless you give them the permission and go, hey, part of this job is you're going to have to be the blocker and the tackler for me because I'm going to want to do something totally different. And I need to make you sure you stay your ground. I'm going to probably get irritated and just know it's nothing personal. When it's all done, I love you. I appreciate you. And I know that's your job. And so and it's almost like clockwork. She walks in. I'm just like, oh, it's like irks me because I want to do something else. So you, have to, you definitely have to have someone hold you accountable. And you definitely have to give them permission to feel good about doing it. Because a lot of them are going to be people pleasers. And if they're not pleasing their boss, that can be problematic. And then you get ticked off because they're not doing their job. But you didn't give them permission to do their job. Or you don't do it. And then you disrespect them. You right. say, I don't trust you. I don't care about you and you don't really do a great job. You see like the underline of what it's saying by not doing when they, what they say to hold you accountable to. Absolutely. Let's go around and let's, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about, there we go. Game changer for my week was uh, I used to reward for not completing. Like if I don't do this, I'll give you a hundred bucks. So they're almost cheering for you not to complete it to get the hundred bucks. Uh, and I picked it up. You would, I believe you would you would give your team like, hey, if I don't do this, like, I'm gonna buy you guys all lunch, or if I don't do this, thinking or, that you were penalizing yourself, right? right? And uh, I got this from JJ, like two semesters ago when he was coaching me. He's like, you have to flip it around. It's a team effort. So now I, re- I reward her, my assistant, for me completing my theme days. So now she's like that pit bull in my door. You're not going anywhere. She annoys the hell out of me, but now. It just made a huge change in my business because now I'm rewarding her for me completing my for work. For holding you accountable, right? For that little extra bonus, it don't need to be it, a, a, anything yeah. crazy. But like, so what's something, even with all of that infrastructure, what's something that you're still not completing right now that you should? VIP calls. Huh? VIP calls. VIP calls. <laughs> Why is it the VIP calls are so hard to do? Because I want to go home at three, like you. Because you want to go home at three, so you didn't like. Well, but do you, it's because it's a, it's not a non-negotiable. It's because your VIPs aren't all that important to you, correct? Correct. Because if they were, you'd call them. Yep. Do you see? Like, so it goes back to that mindset, and so you should go back to your assistant and go, "Hey, guess what? If I don't do my VIP calls, now you get a hundred dollars for every Friday." that I don't do my VIP calls. Is she going to hold you at a higher accountability to do your VIP calls? Correct. Yeah, and you're not going to want to send her to Hawaii just because you didn't call, no. like, 12 people you enjoy talking to, no. right? So yeah. I think putting that structure and it's in. it's more of the sense, like, I mean, I do make them, but I, I just don't complete them. So it's like 15, I'll do 10 or 12, and something comes in, and we're out the door, you know? But, uh, yeah, that's the only, only area I'm struggling a little bit still. Who else? Yeah. Jay? So both of you coach. And past client calls for lenders, is that on Thursdays as well? Correct. How do you get that done? They're between... loaded, they're loaded, ready to go. So I already using... have, like, they're already loaded and ready to go. So on your heavy coaching day, mm-hmm. you got your off-week calls, you got your coaching, and you're making 30 outbound calls, 15 talk-tos on your past clients? Yeah, so think about it. If I've got two calls, let's say I've got three calls, and then I've got my off-week calls, 
I mean, what is that, four hours that I'm kind of cramming in on a Thursday? Well, dude, I mean, there's still plenty of hours left to, to make the calls. So, but I'm really tight. So I go from my coaching call to my off week calls, to my extra call, to my coaching call, to my coaching call, to my check emails, voicemails, et cetera. And then I'm wide open. And, and you do use a phone burner? I do. Ben, do you? I do not. Okay. It's just organized in there. And it's not because I'm trying to like hurry through conversations. It's because I don't need to think about it. My team uploads the list in there. I just log right in. My list is there. And I click them and I go through and I dial and have the conversations. So See, my, like my situation, just so you know real quick, is I have an established date night on Thursdays. And my date night doesn't start until I've completed that. Okay. And your wife's okay with that. It's kind of a rule you guys set up. Yeah, she's not okay with it when I don't well, do I it. I get that part. Yeah. But. So my team has done, well, Lori has done a great job of keeping me, you know, she, though the reason my door handles flipped around and locked on me is because she won't let me out of the office unless the calls are done. And so now, <laughs> the, what's in my office, a computer, my TV's in there. So now she unplugs the internet for my office she had no cable to my TV, and then she's like, I'm not letting you out until your calls are done. But Thursdays is still different because the core comes in, and then I prioritize that higher. So you get all your coaching squeezed into the shortest period of time back-to-back -back possible. Then you check your emails and stuff, and then you go right to your power hour. You'll get it done. There's just there's, there's fluff. I'm telling you, there's fluff. When you really break down the hours, and, and that's the big homework assignment, is going back to your calendars. For those that don't have calendars, create one. Those that do have calendars, defluffing it is going to be key. And I guarantee you, you'll find fluff in there. And I'm happy to share, share mine with you. It's in the book, and you can kind of see what, what that looks like, too. Um, I've seen you do kind of what you do, and I've tried it. And I find myself, when I go back to back to back, it's like my mental stamina and just my recovery time between appointments, like I need some, a little time there, or just mental preparation. What do you do other than doing it a lot to be able to flip just on a minute next, on a minute next, on a minute next? Because that's um, got to be taxing after four and a half hours. Yeah, it can be taxing, but here's what I'll tell you. Have you ever had construction done at your house? So, like, I've, I put in pools to my houses, and I look at them in the backyard digging ditches and doing manual labor, and Rick talked about the manual labor, for eight and ten hours at a time. And I go, what we do is really not all that difficult or very taxing whatsoever. You realize that. Or you ever talk to, like, a surgeon and you think about like what they have to do, talk about mental taxing, working on a brain for eight or 10 hours. Like I've talked to these guys and I'm just sitting there baffled about why it is that he doesn't make or have the opportunity to make as much as we do. Like that's taxing. So I think, I think is not telling yourself the story. That's just a story you're telling yourself. Trust me, the only area where I'm like, dude, I should have time blocked was going to the bathroom. And even then I will run to the bathroom and I'll run back from the bathroom because it just doesn't take all that long to go to the bathroom usually. Okay, so um, I, I think it's the story that you're telling yourself, buddy. And just going back to back. Now, with my borrowers, they're 30-minute appointments with 15-minute buffers. 
So I like the 15 minute in between each one so I can write the prescription, what we're doing, and prepare, end the one appointment, talk to my LP and prepare for the next appointment. So my bar appointments, yes. But I can go from one realtor to another realtor. I can do my power hours, no problem. Like None of that is really mentally taxing. Really where you need your focus to think, and those are usually later in the day is with the borrower's consultations themselves. Hey, JJ. Right here, bud. Over here. Uh, 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 there we eh? go. Uh, sorry, I'll stand up. Uh, I thought it was the voices. Sorry, yes. buddy. Yes, it is. Uh, when you talk about 16 hours, that's monstrous. So can you give us some like general tactics around like the fluff that you cut out? Like what, what did you eliminate or how did you, did you take one hour long appointments down to 10 minutes and just became efficient and direct? Yes. Yeah, dude, it was honestly lots of one hour appointment meetings. It, it was lots of one hour appointment meetings. And then it was taking uh, four different coaching groups, like my internal, because I've got 50 LOs, and I was putting them in four different groups. I was able to put them in two and be just as effective in the two. I was finding myself teaching more or less the same stuff over that four periods of time. I was like, I can teach it twice and still get as much out of it. So really just taking and looking at each of them and just delete, delete, scrunch it, and, and leave it so you can't even go back. You're like, well, that's done. I hope I didn't screw that up too much. But then you, then you do a dry run through it again. So then I try it the next week, and if it feels right and it's working and it's not rushed, Keep it. then I can stick with it and go with it. Okay. Did you but, cut by out of, uh, out of the fluffing? Because this is something I'm going to go back and do to my calendar. Did you take any time out of your lunch? Like, did you pull back from any of your lunch time, or how long do you take for lunch? I don't, I don't take lunch. You so don't. if I do take lunch, it's always with a partner. So mm -hmm. you ever guys ever read the book, Never Eat Alone? Ever. It's yeah. like, a, it's like I either eat it, yeah. with somebody or I'm not eating at all. That's right. Which is okay. Like, I don't really need to eat more than what I already mm -hmm. do. So it's like, I just want to grind and get it done. Yeah. So like I've said before, it's like, check, 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 beer. Like, that's yeah. what I want. Like that's all my whole focus. Once the day's done, and I think that goes back to completion of my day. When my day's done, it's done. Like, I don't go home and talk about work. My wife wants to talk about work more, and it's created arguments in our life the past, like, two years as we moved back and stuff. But, like, now we're, we've kind of worked past that. Like, she just realizes I just want to watch Ridiculousness on the television show or some, like, below-deck reality dumb TV, and I'm like... Duh. Like, I'm not even fun to talk to after work. So it's really the discipline also in completing your day and just being done. And why, uh, like, and it goes back to the trust factor. I trust that I did everything that I did, wanted to do that day and I completed all of them, meaning I solved all the problems, I called all the realtors, I met with all the borrowers, I did all the stuff, I coached. Like, what more else is there to do that can't just be done the next morning? that make sense? Yeah. I think we always, we don't trust that we did everything because we didn't do everything, which is why we don't complete everything. Well, one of the things that I'm seeing just going through this class again, as much as I've done this, is that I need to take certain things that I've blocked in my, in my schedule. Let's say, for instance, an hour for lunch, and I need to drop that down to a half hour. I don't need an hour for lunch, right? And I always eat with someone. I'm very similar. But I can drop that down to a half hour, which gives an hour to something that can be even more productive along the way. And then there's a lot of things that we can do, like from a meeting perspective. We waste a lot of time in meetings, even in 30-minute meetings, where we could be knocked out in 15 minutes, right? And drop that down a little bit to allow us to complete more, right? Because once again, the more focused we are, right? the more results we'll get. And that's where we want to be. We all want to be productive. Why? Because productive gives us energy, especially when we have purpose around it, right? And so when you're doing, you were talking about, you know, just how do I have endurance? I'm reading this book with my, uh, with my son. It's called Sustain Your Game, 
right? And in there, how you create endurance, right, is knowing your why behind everything that you do every 15, 20, 30 minutes, an hour, right? And they have all these stories about like Kobe Bryant, right? This guy was an animal. He was an absolute animal with his schedule. And they would ask him, how do you get all this stuff done? He goes, because if I do all this with my skills, if I do all this, if I put all this work in, I will be the greatest basketball player to ever live. And that was his purpose. And that's what drove him in every practice. But what do we tend to do? We show up to work and we're like, hey, I just want to get my tasks done so I can drink my beer, right? That's it, buddy. Whereas I want to get my tasks done, right, so I can drink my beer with my wife. Yeah, and, and here's a tactic for completion. And it goes very similar to what we were spo- uh, speaking about with Hannah. If you write down all the things that you didn't complete that day, then at the end of the day, it's simple. You either trash it. You delegate it in the team meeting the next day or you move it to your vision time or your flex time or when you work on projects. That's it. There's a place to put it. Like when you have a time block, there's always a place to put it. It's like, oh, I got to put this drawer and I'm going to put it in here and then I know I'll get to it when it's time to get to it. The problem is you start accumulating all this stuff and then you never, it's the jack of all trades, masters of none, right? So at the end of the day, whatever you haven't completed, make the list and then you're going to put in one of those drawers. Team, vision, Finish or delete it. Boom. Let's talk about tolerance. Tolerance. Saying no to the money-making activities during your daily work schedule. Right? So when you're talking about tolerance, these are things in our life that we tolerate. Right? Things that we accept. Things that we become comfortable with. Right? And when we choose to become tolerant of things that are not productive, what does that generally do to our energy and to our mindset? It sucks a drive literally sucks you dry, right? But when we choose to become tolerant of things that matter, things that are extremely productive, and in this room, things that are very profitable, how's that energy flow then, right? High, super off the charts. So when we talk about tolerance, you've, you've shared this class, you've taught this class a lot. When you talk about tolerances, what are some specific things for you, JJ, that we can talk about when it comes to getting this schedule done and knocked out and not just being disciplined, not just completing all the tasks, but the level of tolerance that we have for the type of task and production we're doing? So I think I'll to- if there is an amount of, to- if there is amount, uh, an amount of tolerance, it needs to be blocked. So that goes to the problem-solving times. It goes to the vision-planning time. That goes to the flex time. Those are tolerance times. Does that make sense that you have flexibility? I want you guys to write this down, and this is something you can ask yourself. Is this good for my business, or is this good for my ego? Mm. Is this good for my business, or is this good for my ego? Now, we're all salespeople. The ego is great. The ego helps us solve problems. The ego is there to keep us competitive. It's a great driver, but it also can be our worst enemy. And no offense, buddy, but I see that's something that a lot of my realtor partners should be asking themselves way more often. I see a lot of ego activities and not a lot, and we're all guilty, so I'm not saying I haven't been guilty of it either, but are those activities, are we tolerating those because our ego tells us it's good, or are we tolerating those because it truly is good for my business? When you're doing this exercise, ask yourself that. And your ego, when your ego goes, no, nah, that ain't you, well, then you know it's your ego. Does that make sense? When your ego says it's not me, it's, <laughs> it's totally, totally him or her. So, oh, my gosh, social media. 
Comparison is the thief of all joy. All joy. It is a fact. It's literally a scientific fact. I've had to deal with mental illness with my daughter, most of which comes from social media crap. Like, I am so blessed I grew up in an age where I don't do that. So the fact is, is after two minutes, your mind will start comparing itself to others out of survival. Survival. Oh, look, he posted that. Oh, they liked him more. They liked this. All of that should not be tolerated. It doesn't lift me up. It doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't help me make more money. It does none of that. So what I do is I shoot a bunch of videos on a Wednesday and I give it to someone and I go, here you go, post it up. That's it. So like, what's your toleration for that? Right? I think, and it's a little bit different for everybody. I have zero tolerance for that stuff and I find myself, you can go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So what is your rabbit hole? And call yourself out. Write down 10 things that you're tolerating after this class. Another homework assignment. Write down 10 things that you're tolerating that you know that you shouldn't. You know, earlier I like to tie in because it was so good what, what Jay shared on the stage, but he said success leaves clues, but so does failure, right? And I will tell you one clue that you're going to see over the next couple of days with everyone that's in this room is the people that do and have the most balance of life and have the best balances in their total net worth generally aren't messing around with social media. I'm just telling you, I talk to these guys all the time. Social media is brutal and we all justify it because it feeds the ego. Or it feeds those voids in our life by seeing how awesome other people and those comparison voids, right, that we look at. It feeds all that stuff. And I wanted to go back to this in discipline time, but the social media, if you just shut that off, I still love social media. I like jumping on there and getting on there. But Sarah Beth shuts me off on Monday morning at 7 a.m. and she hands it back over to me. She gives me a new password every week (laughs) at 5 o'clock on Friday. And at first, I couldn't wait till I got it. 5.30 on Friday, I mean, I'm on. I'm checking out social media. I'm catching up with everybody. And then all of a sudden, it became Saturday. And then all of a sudden, like, I go, ooh, I need to jump on here. And it's Sunday afternoon, right? And what happened to my Saturdays? They become a little bit more productive. They became a little bit more enjoyable. And then I realized and deprogrammed myself from that whole connection of living out there in this fantasy world, right? Even though there's a lot of real things, and I think there's a lot of positive things that come from social media, it all comes from the content that you're putting out to create positive and productive lives for other people. Not necessarily what it does for you. So the videos that you talk out, I love that. I do my videos, I get my content, and I'm told to have my videos done by Wednesday, right? And I get it done, and they send it out however they send it out. But that's something that's super important. And I tolerated taking and wasting time in that world for so much of my life. And it was just brutal. Like Monday night football, like I like football, I love football, watching football, but Monday night football doesn't drive me. Thursday night football doesn't drive me, it just doesn't. Unless it's the Eagles. Then maybe the maybe Eagles if it lands on that. But really, it just doesn't. Like, I remember there was a time where I was like, I got I to gotta make sure I admit, like, I don't even think about the game. I come home and it's like halfway on or off or whatever. So, like, you, you will find there are things tolerating in your life. For some people right now, we talk about in a bad market, then it's like sometimes people are drinking too much. And then you feel crappy the next morning. And then you're tolerating that and then that eats into your next day. I've been guilty as that, uh, of doing that. Like... 
and then you start realizing, well, I'm tolerating certain things. I think that we, there's so much toleration. You guys should have this list of 10 that you can hammer out and figure out because over the past two years, what I've realized, and I've taken a huge hit, I've lost 75% of my income, 75%. I've laid off 50 people already. I am a bum. And what I realized is there was too much crap that I was tolerating and I didn't have the discipline that I once had because I was becoming complacent. I felt it in the room this morning. I felt we were at, the energy of the room was what? Six and a half, seven? Would you guys agree? At best. At best. I felt Rick had all the energy, but we can definitely step things up. I really like, we're just, I think we're tolerating mediocrity, and I'm speaking about myself. We're tolerating mediocrity, we're just, just become so complacent, fat cats, whatever you wanna call it. And so I think calling ourselves out on what we've been tolerating, it's gonna be the difference, right? So we have discipline, completion, toleration, uh, but I would say the number one thing that we spent literally 25 minutes on is that you guys have to remember is discipline. The discipline to honor your calendar. I just told you you could put whatever the heck you want on it. You can be like, I'm gonna go to the water park 30 minutes a day, like whatever. But it's honoring the discipline of doing it that's the hardest, hardest part that once you commit, and Rick, Rick said this to me, I was like, game changer. It's making a firm commitment. That's it. Just make a firm commitment that you're going to do those three things on your time block. And I know it's like people want all the magic tips and I can give you the time blockings and all that stuff. But if you're not going to ha- you know, get rid of the toleration and you're not going to have the discipline and you're not going to complete, uh, complete the task because of lack of it, There's a great book that we read. It's called Make Your Bed. The whole purpose around this book is starting your day off completing something that you have to be disciplined to do. Because it'd be so easy to get out of bed, go put your clothes on, go to the gym, go work out, go to work, whatever it is that you do, and forget about making your bed, right? But that simple discipline and then the completion, right, of doing that, what does it tell yourself? Because let me just tell you, your number one priority is yourself. It's not your employees. It's not your VIPs, it's not your builders, it's not your realtors. Your number one priority is yourself to start your day off with. And if you start your day off already breaking your own self's trust, right, by not staying disciplined to something as small as for me is making my bed, that's something that I've done. My mom hammered it into me, right? And so when I read that book, it just hit home. But you all can, whether it's brushing your teeth or, you know, whatever it might be, right? If you start your day off being disciplined in that act with yourself, right, it's going to make you feel better about the next move. Now, if you start your day off letting yourself get away with stuff subconsciously, which really drives a lot of our decisions, just so you know, it's not the conscious, it's the subconscious. Subconsciously, you're telling yourself, right, you can get by. So we got a few minutes left, five minutes or so for questions. So questions about time management. I know we've been going throughout, but I want to make sure we get them all answered. Yeah, buddy. So I've struggled with this. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That was great. So I've I've struggled with this for a long time with regard to Tuesday updates, and I've heard different answers from different people. Um, So, JJ, do you call every single borrower, every single realtor, Every single title company. Well, no. When I was in North Carolina, absolutely not. My wife called every single borrower and every single person. So when I went to North Carolina to help Rick full-time, my wife took on those duties and called every single one, and then we swapped when I got back. 
Got it. So you're it's, still, it's, it's but you are two, calling everyone. Would you guys agree it's the number two best lead generating day is the Tuesday updates? I mean, like that's where I get attacked the listing agent. That's where I get attacked the escrow company. That's where I get to course correct, make sure my borrower's happy and ask for CCRs. And that's where I get to wow my, and uh, reassure and retain my buyer's agent because I'm doing what I said I was going to do in the first place. Mm, so answer was it. no, but that's like going back into it. Absolutely doing those calls. That's good. I have a question. Um, as a mom, my biggest distraction, I think, is my kids. You know, they forgot something, or the game time got moved to 2 o'clock now, or, you know, like those kinds of things, which are obviously my number one priority. So how do you feel those kind of distractions? Well, well those are your number one priorities, right, when they're your priority. But during the day, if you have a priority and you write down and you have a plan, right, that's the plan. And guess what's amazing about these kids is, is there's other parents that will pick them up. Trust me, I had two kids. They played two and three sports all the way through high school, right? And we didn't want to miss anything. But what we found was amazing is that when we prioritized those things in our schedule, and then we showed up to the games that were already on the schedule at the time that we had it on the schedule, even though things changed, we helped them figure it out, and then we go back to our schedule. It was amazing how our kids become disciplined and more disciplined because of that. So keep in mind, your number one job is to be a great example to your children. That's what your number one. Love them, be a great example to them. Don't clean up their messes for them. Don't adjust everything around them because then they feel like what? They're the kings and the queens of the castle. They're not. They're a part of the castle, right? They're a part of a beautiful castle, and eventually they'll have their own castle, but that's, not what? That's a very dad response, but yeah. yeah. I, I was going <laughs> to say sound a, like I, a dad. I was going to say adoption, so it could have gotten worse. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think where he's going is the tag teaming. So ultimately, tag team with other parents, tag team. So for me, I never made any, my daughters were traveling gymnastics. I never made any other practices really very often, but I made every single meet. But my wife made every single practice. So it's really just tag teaming so that we're not compromising our priority of being a parent, but leveraging as many folks as possible. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, my question's for JJ. So one of the, the things that I struggle with the most on the discipline front is sticking to a firm end date and then being present when I get home, right? So this is something that you're really good at. I've witnessed it firsthand. When I visited you, we left your office at 3 o'clock. We were having beers on your patio at 3.15, right? Um, and so obviously you've, you've talked about the systems and the team that are in place that have enabled you to build that trust that it's going to get done. But can you speak more to the mindset shift that you had to go through to be okay with that in regards to like, Hey, I'm not going to lose this deal or piss off this realtor. If I make them wait till tomorrow morning, reggae music, reggae music. So by the time I leave my office and go home, I turn on reggae music because all they do is sing in songs all stoned. I mean, what's more relaxing than that? So like by the time I get home, uh, you know, I'm pretty darn relaxed and I feel good. I'm like, okay, cool. It kind of changes. You need a trigger to change. Like Mr. Rogers changes sweater out. You know what I mean? So I think having a trigger to change. I guess we're wrapping up. I need your guys' help. Would you guys, and I'll, I'll hang back for a little bit. Can you guys do us a favor with the surveys? Were you guys able to take at least one thing out of here to help you guys make some more money? Yeah, go ahead. Cool. Yeah. Come on up. 
really need your help with the surveys is just making sure that you give us a perfect score. Other than that, it's... Hold no. on. If, if you don't feel like we did a great job, I will spend as much time with you by the fire pit and dive as deep yeah, come into and get it us. as you possibly come and sit want. Come down with us, please do. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to the Core Sales Training Bootcamp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at thecoretraining.com.